0: Machute Mate recognizes the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and any indigenous elders of other communities who may be listening today. We stand in solidarity in their struggle towards the colonization and land back. <music> ask me gente what is good machete mate back with a current event so um we're actually on a roll so we've been able to string together a couple of um episodes which is which is good um which is unlike us but um again we <laughs> have endeavored to try to release more consistent content because there's a lot of shit going on that needs to be covered um Again, for those of you who have stuck along um and kept riding the wagon, we appreciate you. If you support what we do, um consider showing your solidarity on our Patreon, patreon.com slash A lot of um, cool things you get with that. So obviously we do um periodic after dark. That's more like just us shooting the shit and talking about just life in general and stuff like that. Um, you could hear me um more more in the queen's death as a subject of the crown from last week. <laughs> um uh but yeah, you get access to our Discord, a nice little community there, so we can shoot the shit and just um, talk about more in-depth things and just sort of form a little community. Um, with that said, it's just the two of us this week again. I'm Leroy, coming to you from unceded Wurundjeri land in Narm, so so-called Melbourne, Australia, here with the homie T. What is good, dude?
1: How's it going? How's it going here in Virginia, which for inexplicably, inexplicably has its fucking flags half-masked. For for some unknown reason, because of fucking uh Elizabeth Windsor's fucking Croaken. Mountbatten. Yeah, that's right. That's Mount right. Batten.
0: Yeah, Mount, and it's funny Mount because and, Batten, and it's not funny, yeah. but talking about talking about flags that have mass here, like I was saying like in the after dark that um legally you have to flag the Australian flag, the Aboriginal flag, and the Torres Strait Islander flag. All three are a half mass. So you have like the indigenous flags at half mass that like, 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 you know what I mean? Like those those flags is, exist uh, yeah. to represent a people who are systematically oppressed by this this institution. You know what I mean?
1: Yo, for real. Like, what's it's just it's bizarre to me. Like, it's Virginia, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Virginia. It's yeah. Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Virginia yeah. holding its its. You know, right wingers always like to talk about. Oh, if the founding fathers were alive today, they'd be so angry. No, dog. I'm really serious. If the founding fathers were alive today, they would not understand. having the flags at half mass okay so virginia's flag first off is the best flag of all 50 u.s states mainly because it does have an exposed titty on there which automatically puts it which automatically puts it far and above the rest but it you know it's a it's a picture of of uh of a woman who symbolizes liberty, justice, all this stuff, you know, got one titty hanging out. She's living her best life and she's standing over the corpse of a king with his yeah. crown off of it. Underneath it says six Semper Tyrannis," thus always to tyrants. Of course, that has some pretty shitty connotations good. now. <laughs> has bad connotations now. But man, I swear it, it's a rad fucking like motto. It really is. Unfortunately, it is associated with, you know, neo Confederate fuck faces now, but it's just, it's so funny to me that, that even the United, like people, I don't get it. I don't know. We're, we're, we went ad nauseum about it on, on our, yeah. last, on our arc. We talked about how normal everything is right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's wild. It's hard to emphasize that our entire national mythology that we've created as Americans is a war of like, this prestigious and glorious battle against monarchy and oppression against the British. And, like, like you know what? I, like, it's the same people who keep talking about, oh, the founding fathers were here. Thomas Jefferson, right now in Charlottesville, yeah. Virginia, would be yes. like, would lose his fucking mind, you know what? Like, anyway, no.
1: First, first he would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we 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 did Whatever. this last week. Anyway,
0: we did this last week. Just check out. Um, subscribe to our Patreon to get access to the, to the to the after dark where we go into depth about this. Anyway, we'll just cut to the chase. Um, you also have to excuse us because we're both very, very, um, very tired. My very my very normal son just decides to not sleep and wake up oh, and, all, all hours of the night. So mm-hmm. I'm running on fumes. Um, after a really long week at work, he's the same without the kid, though. But I mean, there's other kids there, but not human kids. But it's, anyway, that's true. true. That's true. Um, a lot of things going on. Um, first and foremost, um, solidarity to everyone in the Caribbean with um, Tropical Storm slash Hurricane Fiona um, that is currently over Puerto Rico right now. Um, and if you've listened to us or you know us, you know how we feel about the hurricanes in the Caribbean. You know that a lot of yeah. our, a lot of the reason why it exists is as a result of a massive hurricane in Puerto Rico, that being Hurricane Maria. Um, and we're coming up on the anniversary of that, um, the fifth anniversary, actually. Um, fifth? Fifth anniversary, yep. Um, so yeah, solidarity with everyone down um, back home in Puerto Rico um, and everyone else in the Caribbean. Um, But today we're going to cover a few things. Um, We're going to be covering the attempted assassination of uh, Vice President Christina Kirchner. A lot of interesting things there, a lot of, you know, ways to play that, which is very, very interesting. Um, The mass protests in Haiti, because Haiti is always a, I mean, it's always a shit show. It's not their fault. It's just, it's, it's sort of that, that, that. Poster boy for colonialism, neoliberalism, and like every everything that we stand for, and always talk about. Now, um, but we'll kick it off with I, I think the big story coming out of Machete de Mata that we did an entire episode about is the constitutional referendum in Chile. Um, like we talked about a few episodes ago, um, Chile ha- had a vote on their draft resolution, or sorry, the draft constitution, as they rewrote the oh they 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 destroyed the Pinochet constitution and rewrote one and they voted for it so obviously the two options being so approve or rechazo so like i you know i i disapprove i i reject that's the word um and unfortunately reject lost um by quite a healthy margin of something like 63 to 27 or 37 or something it was quite spanked got spanked resoundingly defeated which means that the Pinochet Constitution is unfortunately still the law of the land. Um, and some of the results were quite interesting. Um, but before we get into it, I just got to say that, um, again, I was proven proven right, right? Because when we yeah, were talking yes. about it, I said that it's funny how usually when it comes to South American votes, um, the foreign voting, so the international voting, so like the diaspora voting – always tends to be left leaning. So we saw that with the um Ecuador elections, Peru elections, um anytime there's elections, the international voting tends to be left-leaning. Um, and that was the case in um that was the case here. Um, so the one demographic that voted overwhelmingly to approve was the foreign vote. So um that's on me. Um so you could you could um just bow down and grovel at the wisdom you- of um
1: i tell you what clearly you know we we joke about you know the machete mate curse right you know whenever we predicted something like the opposite happens uh half the time uh most the time i think we've definitively proved that i hold the curse so i'm just never gonna fucking predict shit ever yeah i kept it
0: look i kept it i kept it real i told you like i don't think it was gonna it was gonna it was gonna pass Yeah. yeah um but i think i did say to be fair that i thought like it would like it wouldn't be this big of a margin right like it would be defeated but like just but this was a resounding um defeat um let's get into it let's get into it um let's let's break it down so what are your takeaways from i guess going back to our conversations before and now seeing like the fallout and the actual results
1: well okay so something to keep in mind is that it lost in like every demographic man i'm talking about all of them working class mapuche all of them, you know. Um, there's even some indications that it w- it did worse in working class districts than in others. Yeah. Um so that is truly disturbing. Um I think <laughs> when when we're looking at a such a cross-class, cross-national um defeat like this, it it's it, it it's no longer a question of competing interests necessarily right you know if if it was if it was a if it was the case that you know there was support among the working class and oppressed peoples and it just so happened that and and the upper class had favored it it really would have come down and then like it came to the middle class breaking for reaction rather than breaking for uh you know kind of progress quote unquote i hate that word but you you get what i'm saying um we would be able to kind of pinpoint, Oh, well, you know, this was clearly a class vote. Um, the, you know, as often happens, you know, the, where the middle class breaks, you know, the, um, or, you know, which class broke where to, to form the coalition to win, but it lost everywhere, man. So we have to kind of take a broader look at, at what happened, what went wrong <laughs> and, and chief among them and I think we see evidence of this in the increasingly violent demonstrations that uh, have already taken place in Chile is yeah. something is kind of the kiss of death in uh, South America and political movements, which is a distangling of the official parliamentary left, the political leadership and, and the kind of social movements, right? Um, there was a distangling that, it, that was starting a rift had started to happen, started to grow even before this vote took place. Right. So, you know, we, why do I call this the kiss of death? Well, we have an example that came before us. That's Ecuador, Ecuador. The same thing happened a couple years ago when the official left, um, the kind of, you know, the progressive and left-wing political class started to kind of break away in a much more profound way with the social movements than exists, say, in like Bolivia, you know, where there is conflict between uh, Bol- Bolivian, like, say, uh, indigenous organizations and and the MAS party, um, or even in Ve- Venezuela to a degree, um, where, you know, if you if if the social movements kind of break up with the leadership class or if the official left breaks up with the social movements, it's almost guaranteed to signal uh, defeats at polls, defeats at the polls, uh, defeats in social and civil struggle. Um, Now, this is, you know, something we one way we've always described the the kind of social forces at work in Latin America, you know, with the first pink tide, with the second red wave happening is a dance, right? You know, it's not good to be uncritically supportive of like governments or states necessarily. I I personally find it kind of ridiculous to just be like, I support such and such government or whatever. Right. You support the social movements. You can even support the political parties. But you have to recognize that these are institutions that are constantly in flux. Right. So government's
0: going to government.
1: Right, right. So government's going to government. And to that end, we've always called it a dance, right? There's a dance that takes place between socialist parties with state power or limited state power control over some institutions. It's always disputed, um, you know, between uh, political parties with state power and these social movements, right? There's a lot of overlap. The idea that there is a clean difference between the two is naive, frankly. I think a lot of people also like to jump on this idea that as soon as someone runs for office, they're automatically an enemy now. They're automatically separate from the social movements. That's preposterous. There's always overlap between the two, and that's why it's a dance, right? It is a dance between the two. The uh, social movements and the, you know, and that rep- and what I mean by social movements is not just like in Kuwait protest groups, but everything from labor unions, civil society groups uh, in Venezuela, especially the communes in Bolivia and other countries like that, indigenous led organizations, um, you know, social movements in a very broad sense, political and, and uh, like political parties, quote unquote, in a broad sense, you know, all the official left, all the official, you know, the famous people essentially in, in that country, yeah. right? Um, they, you know, there is no clear line between the two, but, you know, it is possible for them to move away from each other to, to almost to like a divorce. Right. And we saw that in Ecuador and what's happened in Ecuador, in Ecuador, unlike the rest of the continent right now is still in the hands of the right wing, seems to be moving kind of backwards in many ways. Um, they, uh, so That seems to be happening in Chile, which is very depressing, you know, after just, you know, a few years where they came very close to just straight toppling the government itself, you know, toppling the state, you know, just kind of skipping some steps, quote unquote, skipping steps, you know, if steps can be said to exist. Um, We see the kind of a kind of moving away and a hardening. And, you know, like you you just said, government's going to government, you know, it's the police are still operating. There's still, you know, there are violent clashes happening in Santiago. Um, it seems that. So there's that factor, right? There's the disentangling of, of, of the social movements, the grassroots, quote unquote, and, and the official political parties. Well, that's one thing. Another thing to think about, and we saw this, we've, we discussed this, so, you know, a long time ago when uh, Austin came back, Austin, uh, my brother, uh, actually spent some time in England uh during uh Corbyn's That's last right. run for prime ministership um he he was there for uh, like a couple weeks a week or so um actually went canvassing uh with uh, local uh, activists in London um on behalf of Corbyn and um you know something he talked about and kind of convinced him uh, of of the importance of media is that he constantly would run into people who would say things like well you know I like the platform, or I like this, or I like that. I just don't like Jeremy Corbyn. Which, to an outside observer who's not in England, seems kind of in, ridiculous. It seemed kind of insane. Yeah, How yeah. could you dislike this, like kindly old man, the best that England could possibly offer? Kind of a weird, you know, slightly eccentric Englishman, right? That's the only good English that there is, right? Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like this, just the energy of like a 19th century, you know, Anglican parson in the country. Right. Uh, just this kind of weird eccentric crank. Um, yeah. uh, it's just a right. Right. Team crumpets, grandpa. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so that's something to think about in Chile from all reports. there is a tremendous propaganda campaign in yeah. Chile. Tremendous. Just the, again, the reactionary press, Still controls the majority of media in Chile. Um, Social media is a new uh, dynamic still. You know, I know social media has been around for like 20 years now, but in the grand scheme of things, it is still relatively new and we're still feeling its effects. You know, we'll get to this later, actually, when we discuss Argentina. Um, but there was all kinds of rumors that, oh, you know, uh, you know, once pensions become state owned, they're going to be lowered or, oh, uh, there was the same propaganda that uh, people in the United States will know about universal health care that, oh, you know, the socialized medicine is not going to deliver like private medicine will, you know, which again, probably someone like you, Leroy, living in a country with a Medicare for all system again, which just doesn't make sense. Um. Right, right. There's like issues there, but it's still different than, you know, the U.S. model or the Chile- current Chilean model. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I like that you took it there because that's exactly where I was going to go. Um, what we need to remember as well in Chile, like this was like we talked about it, like many times, like, this was sort of the proving ground for this neoliberal cool. idea, right? We yep. got, you know, the full dictatorship, got the constitution that really instilled pure neoliberalism in this country right and then it sort of got exported everywhere else like this was like the proving ground the case study and then it kind of expanded everywhere else and when you have when you've built a society based on this like you can't be surprised when like the people at the bottom are afraid of the change because i have nothing now like like it's, it's like it's almost like the devil you like the devil you know like i'd rather do that right. than change something and then be even worse off or like you know at least i have the at least there's the, the illusion of owning something, right? If you have a private pension in your name, you have a private pension and you're not something you kind of own, even though we know the actual economic ramifications of a, like a privatized like pension system a privatized healthcare system, you know what I mean? Um, so like, that's not really surprising. Um, and also what we gotta remember as well, on that note as well, it's sort of similar to what we have in the US. Like, we can't expect that. Say, for instance, say Bernie Sanders became president, right? And the first thing he said goes, all right, we're going to tear up the Constitution, we're going to have a referendum. Does anyone really think that a, a new constitution is going to pass a vote in the United States? Abs- hmm. absolutely, absolutely not. Because the constitution of the United States is sort of built into the DNA of what we see ourselves as Americans, right? Like that is part of the double helix of the American DNA. So it'd be like ripping part of that and then starting, like starting fresh. So we'd be hard pressed for that to actually, you know, pass. Um, Which again, goes back to like the limits of um, liberal democracy, which I think is what you're, you're, you were trying to get at as, as, as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, in some respects, I'm a little less, i don't know i i've always been a kind of all of the above guy when it comes to you know political practice or whatever um but you know yeah there are limits but i think you know within those limits there are you know points of pressure that can be applied of course um i you know it's hard to underestimate the propaganda campaign again all reports seem to indicate that that was a huge factor another thing too is just people kind of you know there was controversies with with the uh uh, convention delegations as well. You know, it was easy for the reactionaries to paint it as an extreme document when it was, uh, you know, the left wing that had a majority again, you know, they're going to lie and pretend like this was some kind of bizarre result. Well, people voted. Okay. People voted for these delegates. Um, there were controversies with some delegates, um, like scandals that were hyped up by the, uh, reactionary press, um, another factor to consider, too, though, is, is people legitimately disagreeing with it. And yeah. what I mean, what I mean by that is uh, apparently, you know, one, you know, something that the, you know, the react, like the liberal press, especially in America is emphasizing through their stupid man on the ground interviews is, oh, people being wary of the uh, devolution of powers, right, mm-hmm. to uh, the Mapuche, for example right? The whole whole Um,
0: culture war thing. Yeah.
1: Right, right, right. This idea that, you know, oh, you know, if we devolve powers, it's going to fracture Chile, you know, which again is deeply ironic because how is Chile not fractured already? Okay. There were the, the violent demonstrations in Chile in the last few years, the, in, intensity of protest and resistance chile's been fractured chile's been fractured for decades you know but again reactionaries only consider this like a problem when they're the ones starting to feel some heat for the first time right that's when it's a problem um
0: 100 percent. and like it's the same thing we've seen in the united states it's about maintaining that and it's that bullshit like the liberal media pushes, like liberals in general, centrists push in general. It's about maintaining that status quo. It isn't necessarily about like changing the balance of power because that would be counter to what their ideal of their nation is. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So by devolving more power to like these minority groups the, in their head, because all this is going to do is fracture everybody because, you know, the there's going to be an imbalance of power now, right? So by giving these traditionally oppressed people a little bit more say more power now the about like everything's going to go out of whack you know balance of power is going to shift and everyone's going to be you know there's going to be more like inequality when that's fucking bullshit like we know we know that's fucking bullshit
1: i just you know and and you know to the point about you know kind of tying these two all these strands together you know there's there is discontent with the with boric's government already you know there are political prisoners still from before he took office, there are now new political prisoners, right? Protesters and demonstrators, right? That's part of that disentangling. Now, another thing which I I honestly suggest everybody do is look up graphs on uh, the value of the Chilean peso, right? As compared relative to the US dollar and see just what speculators have been doing to the Chilean economy since 2020, okay? Since 2020. You look at that map, it is dramatic losses, dramatic drops, right? What happens, what happens though recently when the, when the, uh, constitution vote, uh, immediately, uh, when the constitution vote, uh, fails, starts trailing back up again because the economy is happy now because the economy, the economy is happy now. The speculators are happy now. This is something that, uh, there's an essay that I always talk about, uh, that we've talked about it for years now on the show, um, from, uh, the Canadian writer, Ian Welsh called seven mm. rules for running a left-wing government. And the first thing the he talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Friend of the show. Good man. Um, taught me a lot, uh, both about politics and religion and spirituality. Um, he, um, you know, the first thing he says in there is, um, it's not you, it's the world system, right? Yeah. So this is what happens when a country begins charting an independent course, whether it's, good or bad necessarily, right? You know, there are things that like there are basically if you run afoul of the imperial core and it doesn't matter who you are, if you just run afoul of it, whether yours is a right wing government or a left wing government or, or a centrist government, if you run afoul of the imperial core, they have ways of disciplining you. They have ways yeah. of fucking with you. The dollar, the US dollar is the re- still, you know, the reserve currency of the world, right? It still has tremendous influence. Russia is learning that the hard way now. Again, not that I approve of the Russian government. This is what I meant. You could be a right-wing government or a left-wing government. Look at Venezuela over the last two decades, right? If you run afoul of the imperial core, whether you are a reactionary power like Russia or a radical power like Venezuela, they have ways of making your economy scream, to quote Henry Kissinger, right? And speculators were doing I'm that still to Chile.
0: Fucking alive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing is about Henry Kissinger, just an side, I'm fairly, you know, it's, it's pretty clear. It's an open secret that he practices some kind of uh, demonic uh, witchcraft. Um, and he has, you know, you know, several familiars, several demonic familiars that uh, are keeping him alive uh, somehow. Um, I don't know how, you know, it's probably one of those things you have to kill all four familiars and then he's done or something. <laughs> That might be Harry Potter. I don't know. I, I I don't know those books. Um, I it's a Horcrux. I think they call them something or something. Like I don't fucking. Yeah, I don't fucking yeah. know. Fuck, yeah. fuck her too. She's a, she's a shitty transphobe. Um, anyway, uh, before we go on a tangent, um, I think that's something to think about too. Is that you know. They have ways to put pressure, you know, and, and with such dramatic drops and and inflation affecting the entire world. Let's keep it real here. It's worldwide inflation happening to various degrees, which yeah. we'll get into in our very next story. Um, that's going to hurt, man. You know, if you're just an average Chilean and, you know, yeah, you have the thrill and the glory of winning political demands, but eventually the right ends the protest ends and you have to go home and you have to go back to your job and you have to still try to pay the bills and you still got to try to raise your kids and you still try to try to keep the water on, you know? Yeah. Until the next protest. And then what happens? You come home, you know, you got to pay the bills, you got to raise the kids. You got to make sure the water's on, you know, this is, <laughs> this is something that, you know, if especially, yeah, you know, in countries like the United States, if, if you're on the left, you're familiar with this cycle, this cycle in your own personal life where it's like you're you're doing right. There's a a sense of whiplash, you know, there's the, there's the slow and steady, you know, there's the, the tedious work of organizing, you know, the, the email lists, the phone calls, the spreadsheets, the, you know, the one-on-ones there's the dramatic moments like the riot, the strike, the protest, um, the, the, uh, the election night, you know, uh, and then, but even so, you got to go home, you got to go back to work, you got to pay the bills, raise the kids, yeah. keep the water on. Right. How do you, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to lose the, lose your heart. It's easy that's, to kind of, you know, that, that, it's, that's
0: part of that um alienation conversation we had a couple of weeks ago.
1: Right, 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 right. You know, and then our system and this global system is designed to prevent us from having kind of, experiences of resonance. Uh, this system is designed to, to manufacture alienation. And, you know, what we're seeing here is the effects of alienation. We're seeing the effects of the grassroots being, feeling alienated from the leadership. And, and you know, what is Boris saying now? You know, he's saying we will, you know, we'll try again, but he's tacking to the center. Now he's saying, yeah. Oh, this is proof that maybe we need to work with, uh, the centrist parties, the opposition parties. It's the last thing they need to do, man. What they need to do is repair their, uh, they need to repair the relationships with the grassroots, with the social movements. You know, they need to, you know, make, you know, they need to figure out a way to, you know, keep the fire burning. Now, some, you know, more, I guess, libertarian left critics would say, oh, this is an inevitability that as soon as it became a question of the constitution and not a question of simply overthrowing the state of things, uh, this was the inevitable result. I personally don't buy that. Um, I think it remains to be seen. I think the dance is valuable. I think there is value in 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 kind of that multi pronged approach, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we don't really know uh, if it's going to be if there's going to be a new convention. We don't know how they're going to write a new constitution. Um, are they going to do just go through a whole other round of votes again, where they vote to decide whether to do you know half Congress have elected delegates? Are they just you know it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And um, before we wrap this up with, I guess, questions of what's next for Chile, what we reckon is next yeah. for Chile, um, the thing like this, this is one of those situations that like that rags like the financial times or like the economist whatever like oh, dream God. of dream of because uh, okay. leading up leading up to the vote what were they saying it was oh you know it's too left It's this It's going to be it's going to be disaster and blah 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 like setting s- setting setting the stage for the for the propaganda you know what i mean and i think we could take a lot of lessons from this as well especially you know having grown up in the us when it comes to things like social media when it comes to like the social movements when it comes to voting on something so momentous like a new constitution that we see the overlap of a lot of lot of things even if we think that like we're different worlds right united states australia chile are like complete different culture whatever we're all human living in this world system right we're all vulnerable to social media like the same groups of people are very savvy at using that to their ends, right? Um, tapping into something like in our soul to, you know, get the worst or get the best out of us, usually the the worst, right? Um so like there's the like there's that. Um for me when it's when it comes to like what's next for Chile, I can only hope that um it's not what you said, that it's not um Boric and like the the left movements tacking to the center, like you said, and instead like doubling down because I know in the United States, right. Or in the like, in, quote unquote, the West in you know, white settler states that we grew up in, like we are the minority, right. Could you imagine if the United States rewrote a con- or drafted a constitution saying that like, there's going to be more rights for Puerto Ricans, for Hispanics, for, you know, black people and blah, 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 blah. It didn't pass. And then the next time around, those promises were like cut in half. Like, what, like, what the fuck will you think? What the fuck am I going to think? What the fuck, you know, we're going to, we're going to feel like we were left behind. That's going to either make us vote against it or just not come out at all. Like furthering the disengagement that, you know, the average person, the average, you know, minority in a press group has with that, the national
1: government, you know what I mean? Well, Um, something to think about too, something to remember is that, you know, revolutions usually happen. Revolutions don't usually happen when things are, are really, really bad and have been bad for a long, long time revolutions tend to take place and are victorious when things have been bad for a while there's a bit of progress and then an immediate turn backwards right frustrated hope frustrated hope is an incredibly like potent mix okay we saw this under the you know people forget black lives matter began under obama right it didn't begin under trump and it didn't begin under bush it started under barack obama frustrated hope the Russian Revolution, right, was 1917 was preceded by 1905. Okay, yeah. you know, frustrated hope is usually what what really that's, does it. That's a really good. That's a really good point. Um, so, 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 what, we'll,
0: so, what's so? What's your take then? Like, you think that, like,
1: oh, I am afraid to predict anything anymore.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, we'll talk about hope, not like a pr- prediction. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean. You know, it's it's going to be a case of frustrated hope. Um, I worry that uh, Boric will go the way of... Um, I, I'm, I'm worried that Chile will go the way of Peru right now, you know? Yeah. We haven't checked in with Peru in a long time, and we'll probably get to it in a couple episodes. We need to do a kind of a deep dive on, on just updates in Peru. It but I worry... Down. Yeah, I worry that they'll go the way of Peru. But, you know, it remains to be seen. You know, they're still there's still a fresh part. I, you know, it's going to be hard to see. We'll know a lot more about the contours of the future. Um, with, uh, when they kind of make a decision on, on yeah. how, on how they're, they, they're going to draft a new one or they're, they're going to yeah. try again. That seems to be clear. Um, so the way they draft the next one will be interesting because that'll give us an indication of what will be in the document. And that'll be an interesting comparison to compare between, the the you know their second try and the original try so that that'll tell us also the you know the intentions of the official left in chile yeah
0: it, it um it remains to be seen but obviously but um hopefully when that happens we'll, we'll keep y'all updated um, um speaking of frustrated hope let's move on to um haiti and that oh, should help going back all the way to the um, Haitian Revolution, and blah blah blah, and you, you know, you know the drill. So, Haiti has seen a sort of—I don't, I don't even want to say resurgence, but an escalation of protests the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months—in um, yeah. the face of a what's proven to be an autocratic prime minister, Ariel Henry, who um, kind of came to power after the assassination of um, of the, the previous prime minister, Moise. Moise. Um, who he promised to hold elections. The elections haven't happened. We're like a year on and people are frustrated. Inflation, just like everywhere else, is through the roof. And um, and w- we need to keep in mind as well, like those of us, you know, I live in Australia. T, you live in the United States. Inflation is hitting us hard. Like we're seeing it. But imagine being from living in a country as desertically poor as Haiti and shit just getting worse. Like it's reaching you know levels of like profundity that like you couldn't even imagine, and that's increasing. so obviously people are taking to the streets, protesting there was a um a, uh, a fuel price hike. Um, people protested that, like legit said, we can't afford this, like you know you need we're, these are our demands, you know, lower the price of fuel, and in the face of that, the other day, he hiked fuel prices again. Talking about shit like you know we need to make sacrifices for the country and this and that and blah 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 blah. Uh, we all need to come together this time of like you 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 can't you can't tell me that you're trying to improve you know the well being of your people by raising fuel prices and we got to understand as well like historically Haiti has had a issue with fuel right. There's the whole thing about how they you know they basically don't have any like woodland forests because they've had to burn everything down to build, to make charcoal so they could, you know, power like ovens and all their, like electricity, maybe not electricity, but all their, you know, energy needs because obviously they were cut off from the rest of the world. They weren't allowed to trade. There was embargoes following the Haitian revolution imposed by the French. So this is a longstanding thing they've dealt with in their entire history. And shit is getting worse.
1: Yeah. You know, it's something, so Moise is, was assassinated a year ago um two weeks after moise's assassination Henri, who was kind of a successor um has has been ruling by decree since then uh some days he says we're gonna we need elections some days he says oh we can't possibly have elections um there <laughs> with the investigation of moise's uh assassination uh his own own name has turned up in the investigations there's rumors that uh one of the reasons Moise was assassinated was that he had a dossier on major political and and, and economic leaders in Haiti that were connected, yeah. uh, to, uh, like drug trafficking and all kinds of, uh, like unsavory things. Um, and that he was going to turn it over to the United States. Cause again, Moise wasn't a great man either. Like he wasn't a good guy either. Um, he was also ruling by decree. Um, he was also, uh, but he hasn't, uh, so after his death, you know, Henri takes over. Henri has postponed elections indefinitely. As you said in your introduction, Leroy, he uh, raised uh, fuel prices by about 115% in December of 2021. Uh, since then, uh, there has only been increasing inflation. It hovers at around 30%, give or take a few percentage points as the months go by, which is is just, I mean, that, yeah, it sucks here in America right now. Like, it sucks ass, like, you know, like you're you know, look at your grocery bills. They've probably like doubled. Um, uh, maybe in some, you know, gas prices seems to be going down, uh, at least on my neck of the woods. Uh, but like, like it sucks here. It does, but just imagine 30% more, man. Like I, it's, it's impossible to understand how people live. And so because of that on, uh, uh, what was it? August 14th, which again is the anniversary of, uh, the 1791, you know, grand meeting right. of yeah. of, ins- of the enslaved uh, right. to, you know, launch the first slave uprisings uh, in Haiti, which kind of kicked off their revolutionary period. Um, there were rallies in major cities across Haiti, um, protesting both the inflation, the economic woes, uh, Henri's dict- dictatorship, because that is what he is now. He is a dictator. Um, as well as Henri's, uh, as well as the increasing uh, gang violence that exists in Haiti. And it is true, you know, it's this is not just like a kind of like rhetorical point, like say right-wingers in the United States make about, you know, they always say, oh, Chicago violence, Chicago violence. Yeah, sure. But, you know, there is, there is a known problem of bandits, of banditry, basically, in Haiti, you know, it, it's more akin to like mafias, essentially, like organized yeah, crime think. syndicates that are just killing people, and 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 it's warlordism yeah. is what they, it is. They, they call them
0: they call them gangs because
1: you know that's the nomenclature. Yeah, that's, that's the language. That's the
0: nomenclature. Yeah,
1: that's the language, and they are gangs, but they're a better way to think of it is they're they're warlords essentially. They're they're mini tin pot dictators that you know are constantly actually fight. They they tend to do they get in conflict with radicals and social activists and organizers in Haiti, like they will massacre them. Um, There was a story a few months ago, a a 17 year old uh, activist was murdered by, um, uh, by, uh, by some gang hit squad who are alleged to be connected to the Moise government. You know, this is a classic example, a classic thing we see repeated all throughout the world where, you know, a kind of brutal dictator, a brutal political leader employs violence uh street elements to enforce their power does do the dirty work that they can't, right? Um so Haitians protested, they rallied on August 14th, uh across the country. Protests became increasingly violent as the Haitian police started cracking down. Um those first few protests left like 14 dead. Yeah. Um what happened afterwards is that the protests started to increase, started hitting smaller towns Um, 30 people dead, um, including two journalists. There is a very disturbing video that was being shared online of, uh, basically the, the police and the paramilitaries opening fire, the journalists saying, Hey, I'm press getting shot point blank anyway, which is only further inflamed, uh, feelings, uh, in Haiti. Um, and then as you said, uh, just a week ago, (laughs) what does that piece of shit do? What does that piece of shit dictator do? He says that they're going to raise price fuel prices yet again, right? I can only see this as... complete. Yeah, he does not care about the Haitian people. He's not trying to solve the economic problems. This is an attempt to clamp down and to kind of hurt the Haitian people who are about to overthrow his government.
0: There's, yes, I agree there's that. But also, like, to me, because I guess I'm cynical like this, that that says to me that he 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 answers to to global capital. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't give a shit. He goes, I'm going, we're gonna raise fuel prices. I'm gonna get a cut sure. off the top by like it's like to me this is so obvious. But you're gonna have people out there because, oh, you know this is proof that you know these people can't govern themselves. You know these poor black people in Latin America and like Africans and blah 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 blah. You know there's this corruption and blah like the the cor- the corruption. You know what's what's the saying? Um, the uh, fish rots from the head or whatever, whatever the fuck. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Fish yeah, rots it, from the head down.
0: Exactly, it's coming from the top down, and the top down is no doubt the United States and like the the global North countries. Um, but that's but that's that. And something, um, it's 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 really hard to emphasize the conditions in Haiti, right? We've right. we've had conversations how like talking about like you know the slave trade in the Americas, whatever. That no matter how bad you th- you think it is, it was much worse. Haiti, no matter how poor you think it is, no matter how bad you think the conditions are in Haiti, it is much fucking worse. And this is coming from a place that was declared that was, you know, ostensibly the richest colony in the world in its day, right? Like with the indigo trade, with the coffee trade, with the sugar trade, like Saint-Domingue was the cash crop of of the planet to see how it is now, you know what I mean? And that's the direct result of, colonial power saying a big fuck you we're not you know we're going to take everything that you that you have and we're gonna get rich off of it and we're gonna punish you like like there's the whole thing that haiti had like france like after the haitian revolution france made haiti pay it reparations well into like the 20th century well after the actual quote-unquote debt was paid off right they they kept oh, yeah. basically having to pay them back and this is a situation you have now and that facilitate that poverty that that feeling of like such destitu- like, destituteness this this destitute or whatever i don't know what the what the word is like creates these conditions where power vacuums are gonna gonna rise up like people are going to look for answers they're gonna look to someone who could fucking help them and this is the situation you you get right
1: yeah. And I mean, really, you know, the thing to remember is that Haiti has not been the same since the coup of our steed. OK. Yeah. You know, a, a, a kind of populist left government um, that did exist until you know, until it was basically, you know, it was couped not once but twice, once under Clinton, another time under uh, Bush Jr. Um, ever since then. It, it it feels like the, you know, the core group, which is the United States, it's called the core group. It's the United States, Canada, uh, the UK and France. Uh, sound familiar, y'all? Um, Wait, Canada. Yes, I mean, Canada. Nice for nice Canada. Part of, Canada's part of the core group, baby. Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. Um, they're part of that, that, the core group of nations that are constantly in negotiations with the Haitian government over, you know, fake aid and, and uh basically official policy uh uh towards towards Haiti um but again you know <laughs> protests continue even now um they're getting a lot more violent as well um as we speak in the last 24 hours there are burning bar- barricades uh that have been set up in multiple cities um so i think that the, you know i as an example of, of the, uh, of the, of the inflation and the kind of shit that they're dealing with, you know, a gallon of gas is equal to this, to a daily wage, uh, in a, in a Haitian. Uh, so it's like gas is like hovering around $5. Um, and, uh, the average, uh, Haitians daily wage is about $5. Right? That, that, these are the conditions that they're, yeah, these are the conditions that they're dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, And I
0: I think to properly conceptualize that, because some listeners might be like, oh, $5, you know, that's what it was here. But like, you're making a little bit more than $5 a fucking day. Like, you're you're making more than that. No matter how low your hourly wages, you're making more than that an hour. This is what people make in a fucking day for one gallon of
1: gas. So we'll see. I mean, um, they, uh, you know, they apparently, uh, there will be, uh, you know, the government is scrambling right now. Um, different, uh, members of the different members of the Haitian government keep on, you know, making statements like, you know, begging for, uh, you know, calm, calming the nerves and stuff like that, which again is a lie because, you know, how are you going to pretend like you're trying to calm nerves when you just announce another fuel hike? Right. So this is a developing story, something to keep an eye on. Um Haiti is a is a country that just simply just cannot catch a break. Just cannot Not catch really. a fucking break. That's
0: that's 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 1000%. It's it's I don't wanna say a comedy of errors, but it's it's you can't catch a break from its, from, the, tragedy, from, it's from tragedy, man. Tragedy of version. And like where I grew up, I grew up around a lot of Haitians and they're the, some of the most beautiful people in the world and it is just fucking tragic. Of course. But Of course. When, we, when, when, we, when, when the revolution comes in Puerto Rico and we declare the Caribbean Confederation, Haiti will be front and center. We'll, we'll, help, our, we'll help liberate our, our brothers and sisters over well, there. I heard that, bro. 100%. Anyway, that's, um, we'll move on to our last story. So the story coming out of Argentina with the attempted assassination by, of former president and current VP, uh, Cristina Martínez de Kirchner. Kirchner. Um, this is a wild one. Because there's an attempted assassination. By all by all accounts, it could have succeeded, but the gun jammed, or something like that. And then, like it's 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 what? And I think this story is, it's bigger than just the, than just the actual event. I think this is a story about like going back to how we were talking about with um Chile. Like it's it's a story about social media. It's a story about like the global systems. It's a story about like the the current zeitgeist. Uh, you know. These are yeah. pong, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, you know, um, as we, uh, you know, as of right now, uh, it was on September 1st. Um, uh, she, uh, you know, the vice president was uh, she was coming out of a car or something like she, there's out a of video. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a video uh, you can you can watch. You can see the gun right there. And he tries to fire and it doesn't work the jams or it just doesn't fire for whatever reason. Um, he's, he's taken into custody. Um, this gentleman's name, uh, is, uh, what is this? His name? Fernando Montiel. Um, yeah. he, uh, uh, he, he's a 35 year old Brazilian man, but he's, you know, he's, uh, he's been living in, in Argentina for, for decades now. So, you know, yeah. he's just, he, he's an Argentine He's man. half. Like, I think his
0: dad's Brazilian, his mom's Argentinian. Right, right. born in Brazil, but grew up in Argentina. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and so yeah, he attempted an assassination. Um, motherfuckers our age, actually, born in eighty seven. Woo woo. Wow, um, wow. dating uh, us. What are you doing? Yeah, all oh, right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so the initial reports there's been other arrests in conjunction with uh, the attempted assassination, including his girlfriend. Uh, his girlfriend has recently been taken into custody. Uh, there has been debate now in the uh, among uh, the. Uh, in the press on whether they need to pass like some kind of laws to prevent this kind of stuff. Um, and it all stems from uh, the things that they found on social media. Right. Hmm. So there was a picture of him with a Sonorad tattoo. That's the black sun, a a well-known and contemporary uh, Nazi symbol. Um, there were also like on his Facebook page, a lot of strange uh, Facebook groups he likes, subjects he likes, everything like from some esoteric of... shit yeah a lot of esoteric and occults type stuff um a lot of things connected to like uh and you know for people who think that they're you know that uh the you know quote unquote woohoo or whatever like kind of uh the witchy stuff is a, an inherently like non oppressive or is like a positive thing I you know I have. I have some terrible news for you. Um, Like any religion or spirituality, it can be used by people of a wide variety of political ideologies and movements. So (laughs) right. um, Only, only traditional religion is bad, right? Only organized religion. Sorry. Religion in general can be good or bad depending on who Mm -hmm. uses it. Um, Am I biased in this? Yes, of course I am, but it's facts. Um, Now, I you know I think and you kind of mentioned it in your intro there Leroy that like this is you know when I first saw the story I kind of thought oh shit here we go this is a kind of an, a far right plot to to kill her you know yeah, I had the same you know, thought a kind of polarizing individual you know there's a there's a recording of this man of her would be assassin just a couple of weeks before the assassination attempt complaining about welfare programs for the lazy you know very typical conservative right-wing like bitching about uh like social programs and things like that but you know there's something about just the circumstances there's something about the uh like the the facebook groups he was interested the topics he he seemed to be interested in like there was also like a page for something called satanic communism you know whatever (laughs) that is Uh, yeah right what this tell? What I honestly suspect now is that this was just kind of a disturbed man, right? Who now I'm not I'm not going with the lone wolf theory, which is bullshit, right? Lone wolf theory is is a is a uh, uh, it was actually a a Nazi propaganda trick that has succeeded. You can read at least in the United States, you can actually read documents, their internal documents from the 80s and early 90s, saying that. Uh, promoting the idea that these were lone wolves. This is why right-wingers- All the,
0: all the concentration camp guards, they were all lone wolves.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: They were all just lone lone wolves.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, the, you know, this is lone wolf stuff. That's not what I mean. I mean it a little differently. Yeah, yeah, I know, um, I know, I know, I know. So, you know, I think this was a disturbed man who, as you mentioned, because the zeitgeist is what it is, was riled up to the point that he would actually act on it. Right. So this is what happens when you kind of have a kind of right wing, generally conservative guy who's also kind of just, you know, probably some sort of, you know, just a disturbed kind of person, um, a a kind of fanatical kind of person. You get someone like that and you whip them up into a frenzy and what they're going to do, they, they act on it. They'll, they'll try to do something. There is going to be elections in Argentina soon, um, uh, next year. Right. Um, Cristina is a very polarizing figure in, in uh, Argentina, both, you know, there is both uh bad critique of her and there's good criticism of her and her political influence uh, in the country. Right. Um, she is a deeply polarizing figure, both uh, from a right wing and a left wing perspective.
0: A hundred percent. And um, we got to remember as well, apparently there were plans to assassinate Alberto Fernandez, who's the president of, of argentina as well so this this is i don't want to use the word conspiracy but this is this wasn't a single act this is again someone trying to act on behalf probably seeking some sort of like heroism for the movement whatever or whatever he thinks he's a part of you know what i mean
1: you know it's it's the word the i don't know if this is commonly used in australia right now um, it may because of uh, the the Christchurch massacre in New Zealand, um, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, was but, done,
0: that, that was done by an Australian. Yep,
1: right, right. But the concept of stochastic terrorism, right? Yeah. So what that means is that people don't have to actually like someone like uh, Donald Trump in the United States doesn't have to say, "I want you to go kill my enemies," right? All or Tucker Carlson doesn't have to say. I need you to kill this person. I need you to do bombings, right? People, they engage in inflammatory rhetoric. And what happens is that people hear the call and they act on it. A good example recently in the United States uh, is uh, that Libs of TikTok account yeah. on uh, various social media sites, uh, kind of a very hateful person, run by a upper middle class like Republican. Remember that, okay? Again, from it's, like it's,
0: or, from like orange county i think california exactly, like
1: exactly. The usual fucking suspects all right orange yeah. county california the usual fucking suspects um who you know was would would put out this thing that this uh children's hospital in boston i believe it was uh was doing you know was helping the tra- the transgenders right and what happened there's been repeated bomb threats you know yeah. people are getting run out of their jobs right Lives of tiktok have never said Go bomb a hospital, right? Because they don't have to, they don't have to, right? They engage in inflammatory rhetoric and disturbed individuals or committed ideologues act on it, right? I suspect this is what is at work here in this story with, uh, with the vice president of with Argentina's vice president that. That there are, you know, through social media, social media, like we mentioned with Chile, the reactionary press and, you know, uh, right wingers using social media to their advantage um, was at work here in Argentina. That the, you know, constant churning, the constant videos, you know, millions of shares of just the most insane conspiracist posting eventually, you know, in another world, you know, this is the kind of guy that would, you know. I don't know. Fucking probably flip out at the bar because his fucking favorite sports team lost or whatever, right? No, but in this world, because we are living in a political age, we are living in a political age. Um, they act on, you know, political loss, and so I think this is a, the, the real story here is is the influence of of kind of of you know the, the dark algorithms at work uh, on social media, hyping up this kind of evil, evil shit, you know, we, you know, you mentioned earlier that at the beginning of the episode that we're both kind of tired from work. Yeah, I, I was at a, this is going to go somewhere, I promise. Uh, I was working a trade show today and yesterday uh, and the day before, um, last few days, um, and I'm just walking around and I was hearing people talking about the Great Replacement, just like openly, right? Just talking about it like, and in, in the words I heard from this kind of like genteel looking like Republican guy, he looks like a Republican. If you're in Virginia, you know what I mean? Uh, like a middle-aged white genteel Republican though, not, not a far right guy, right? Again, if you're in Virginia or if you're in the South, you know this kind of person. Um, and he was he said, you know, I never used to be a conspiracy guy, but, and then he started going down the line, right? People who never would have been interested in this stuff before have had their brains fucking broken. They've had their fucking brains broken. What happens to a man whose brain is already broke? They attempt to shoot a politician, yeah,
0: a hundred percent and I think um that's a very good point because I think that is big a big part of the story as well. but I think another thing as well' it's something that we always talk about, right We always talk about the concept of white supremacy throughout Latin America, right the you know set of colonialism and we always joke around I guess being Puerto Rican being for the Caribbean, you know making fun of Argentinians because you know they're German or Italian or all that shit but um <laughs> The, but we got to talk about the existence of that throughout Latin America as well, because we see it all across Latin America. And this is you, like no doubt played a role in, in, in all of this with, with the neo-Nazi um, symbolism that, you know, he has on his body and you know, all right. this other stuff. Right. And um, going back to something you mentioned about um, him talking against, you know, delays, he's living on welfare and all this stuff. Right. That, was prim- that was primarily about like Bolivian immigrants, right? Paraguayan immigrants in Argentina. And who are going to be largely like in, indigenous folks from like the, the border areas of these countries who come to Argentina for for work for better lives or whatever. And yes, maybe he hates poor people or you know you know lazy people, but you can't tell me like that the racial you know like the 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 the, the racial aspects of that don't play a role in that as well. Um, and we got to talk about as well that um, when. They were sort of investigating this entire event. They raided like that center that was the um, what is it like the Libertarian Center? Kyle Rittenhouse, like like they yeah, named the, they named the little fucking like clubhouse after Kyle Rittenhouse. You know what I mean? the The dude who openly shot like black people like proudly. You know what I mean? Under the guise of oh, you know, you know, these people came and we're just protecting private property and blah 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 blah, which is all fucking bullshit. Like you know what I mean? Like. Like white supremacy exists in Latin America. And a lot of people like to talk about how like things like that, like us saying like Latinx, that's an import by gringos into, you know, um into Spanish language. Any white supremacy exists as an importation by Americans and gringo culture, whatever. Latin America was founded on these foundations, on these white supremacist foundations. You know what I mean? That lived till 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 today and if you look at a place like argentina argentina by far is one of the whitest countries in all of latin america which is why you always see like the twitter you know back and forth between like people from the caribbean argentinians because argentinians clutch their pearls whenever we talk about like how let that latinidad is, is bullshit because oh no we're latino too and blah 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 it goes it's, it's all bullshit because you know like it, it's it's not a real thing but you're trying to cover up you're trying to use it as a guy to so be able to Say and do like racist shit, you know?
1: Right. Um. You I, you mentioned I, the- I was
0: I was rambling there a bit, but I, I hope I hope I made sense.
1: Well, I, I you know it, it's I had almost forgotten about the Kyle Rittenhouse Social Center. Right. Um. Social centers are they exist in a lot of countries. Uh, basically, yeah, a political clubhouse is, are what they are. Uh, we 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 have them here in the United States. It's not as big a part of the culture outside of uh major cities uh in the United States as compared to uh other countries.
0: Yeah, sorry to c- cut in but um it's interesting because we see a lot of um like Italian like social centers here in Australia. So here in Australia there's a big like post-war Italian community. So every so often you'll see like the Calabrese like social center like the there's one that I used to pass by work the the Lazio social whatever the fuck. Um yeah. Yeah. And they're, social, they're, they're
1: centers, everywhere. social centers are a big part of the political culture of Italy uh, to yeah. this day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both. Uh, and, and they're not just left wing things, though. They're they're also far right. There are fascist social centers. Basically, if you if you had no idea what, what the meaning of, of the words were in the social center, you would think it was just like some kind of left wing thing. Cause they have like posters and all that shit. It's like yeah. people doing mutual aid, right? Mutual aid isn't only an exclusively left-wing thing. Sorry, to, sorry to say that it's just true. Um, uh, it's an effective tactic, uh, no matter who uses it. Um, uh, you would think, but, but it's run by neo-Nazis and, Again, you know, and and I'm glad you brought up the Kyle Rittenhouse Social Center in Argentina because, you know, the reason this is connected to the story is that a guy, a YouTuber who was connected to this uh, organization down there had made a video praising uh, the attempted assassination, right? Um, it, it's I'm glad you brought it up because it, w- what it goes to show is that people are people everywhere and that, you know, the struggle for you know, a kind of, you know, a more humane, equal future is international, just as the struggle for a hierarchical, brutal, racist uh, structure is international, you know, they're paying attention to uh, things that happen in the United States, you know, uh, Ava Morales was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders when he was running for president. And you see Argentine fascists are praising uh, one of uh, America's murderers, right? An inter- its an international. They all have an international scope. It's—it's—it's it's, it's something we're always banging on about. Is you know nationalism is ironically an internationalist movement as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100. And um, Argentina is an interesting place. Like if we're going to talk about fascism, we're going to talk about like post-war diasporas. It's a very, very, very interesting place.
1: And you know we'll we'll definitely follow up on this as as because it's also a developing story. Um, you know I mentioned before that the you know there's debate in the press now in Argentina about whether pa- to pass a hate speech law or something like that. Um, th- you know again trying to address the you know what happens when just dis- you know kind of disturbed individuals uh, get you know brainwashed essentially. Uh, by this kind of hateful rhetoric. Um, So it's a developing story. We've never really done a really heavy deep dive into Argentina. I suspect we will as time goes on, especially probably in the lead up up to their elections as well. Um, But uh, yeah, I I find it interesting. Um, I think that uh, this will only inflame tensions down there uh, leading up to their elections.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, But to be fair, some of the best reaction to the Queen's death Came out of Argentina. <laughs>
1: That's true. Like That's it was, true. it was,
0: it was incredible. It was incredible. Like <laughs> I was crying. Like it was. Yeah. It was amazing. Um. But yeah, in saying that, like solidarity with a lot of you know the Argentinians, like sticking it to the the, the Brits with you know La like Malvina, Maradona's biggest goals and stuff were against the U- were against England. That's think, right.
1: Um, That's right. Our, our
0: boy. Um. But anyway, we'll wrap it up there. We'll definitely keep an eye on this because um and. I'm glad you brought that up about the deep dive of Argentina because that'll definitely be interesting because Argentina within the context of Latin America sort of has a very unique sort of history. Yeah. Um and it'd be really interesting to to um sort of parse that out and like break it down for for everybody. Um but yeah, so again, um thanks for tuning in. Um again, like I said at the top, if you like what we do and support what we do, consider showing your, your solidarity on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mate. you get all those little perks I was talking about. Um, solidarity with all the people in the Caribbean right now, going through the um the storm, from what Much I can love. see, isn't super strong. But what does that mean when you're you're in a precarious situation to begin with? You know what I mean? Um so solidarity with everyone there. Much love to all the people back in Puerto Rico. Um also if you haven't checked out the the Bad Bunny's recent uh, music video for El, El Aparon, Oh yeah definitely check that. I don't know why we didn't mention it at the top. So um from Bad Bunny's latest album I guess I would say the main track is called El El, El Apagón so basically talking about basically him just talking about everything about Puerto Rico and how amazing it is um w- within the midst of all the blackouts and everything. Um, and then attached to it kind of interspersed at the beginning and then attached at the end is a full documentary talking about um act twenty two and now that's some um, uh law sixty that the the gentrification the the colonial law that um has the you know
1: gringos coming by buying everything It's like a really good intro for people it's, who don't know shit like it's it's, it's, I'm, it's I'm incredible not, it's incredible I don't want, i like it's it's legitimately like it's something you could send to like a friend of yours that knows not shit about what's going on. Like it is an excellent short introduction to the situation. It's really like, God bless that fucking guy. Like seriously, God bless him.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's incredible. Um, And one of the things as well is that it focuses on one small part of one small part of San Juan. So I think what I got from that is that if this is happening in like the 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 most prominent place in Puerto Rico. Imagine how fucked everything else is everywhere else. You know what I mean? Because I'm from the west coast. I'm from Aguadilla. You're Aguadilla, not nah. it's for the gringos. Like buying up property. You know, it's this right. happening. Um, but I'll stop rambling. But definitely check it out because it's really, really good. Um, watch it. Send it to your friends because again, like you said, it's a very good intro to what's going on in Puerto Rico. Um, but yeah, with that said, we'll keep in mind everything. Hopefully, there'll be um positive developments in Chile and positive developments in Haiti. Doubtful. Um, But then again, I'm a cynical fuck like that. Um, (laughs) But yeah. Uh, I suppose if you have nothing else, until next time, you have to Victoria.
1: Later, y'all.